Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Mind Your Popcorn. I'm one of your two hosts, Ricky Uniac. And I'm Chuck Clark. Chuck, <clears throat> we did not do an episode last week because um, I know – I don't know if we talked about this on the show. Did, did you talk about how you were going to Pittsburgh for the backyard brawl? Um, I think I said I was not prop- – I might not be able to record – on the episode, but I don't think I said why. Well, First, you said because you had a thousand fantasy drafts and also yeah. you were going out of town. You left Wednesday, right? Yes. So we left Wednesday during the day. Okay. So just for the folks at home who are listening, who are maybe not familiar with the backyard brawl, why don't you walk us through what that, uh, that firsthand heartbreak was like? I'll tell you what, <laughs> up until that moment it was probably the greatest game day experience of my life i mean it was it was an amazing day i mean i got down we got to pittsburgh um i didn't get a ton of sleep the night before but i woke up and by 10 o'clock i was at my friend's airbnb how far is of a drive is pittsburgh for you uh, about four we did Ooh. no tolls so it was about four and a half Ooh, a little less okay. than four and a half it was like four hike. and a half hours with stops. You Got know it. what I mean? With a, with yes. a stop, basically. You shop at Breezewood? Uh, no. We So because we did no tolls, we didn't take 79. Oh, duh. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. For, and yeah, also other direction. Yes. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Let's just gloss over that. I'll edit, so we, I'll edit that. Basically, we, the way we went is we go up like we're going to Morgantown from Maryland, like 68. And then we took basically back roads, highways through back of Pennsylvania, the parallel 79 into Pittsburgh. So we stopped at like some, you know, con- you know, gas station in the middle of a valley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, back to game day. Uh, had a great time tailgating, um, you know, drinking beers all day. The atmosphere at the tailgates was phenomenal. I mean everyone and their mother was there from WU. There were a lot of Pitt fans too. Like I know ESPN had that graphic up at one point. There was like 75, 25 W to Pitt. But like there was a lot of Pitt people there. Like in the stadium, it felt when I'll say in the stadium, it felt 65, 45, maybe 60, 40. But in reality, it probably was closer to 50, 50 or you know what I mean? Close to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, and then, the actual game was fun. Obviously, I was there with a ton of people I knew and their families, like Dan and his family went, and Jesse was there with his girlfriend. Rumble was there. Pappas, people we all went. To, these are all names of people we went to college with. So, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, um, but yeah, at, I'm really glad I'm at this point in my life because if I was like 21 when that happened, that would be like. It's. I mean, listen. Nothing will ever be as bad as me watching the Broncos Super Bowl against the Seahawks. That is the ultimate low point in terms of my sports fandom. That is also the low point of my sports fandom having to witness that. Yes, I. That was like the most embarrassing. Like if I could actually take back one night of my life, it would be that. It'd be like because because very quickly after the game, I was back into like okay. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm here to have a good time. You know what I mean, mode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was thankful for that. But, yeah, for that end of the game, five minutes or whatever, I was just like – I we were all standing, but I think at one point I just sat down and I was just like <sighs> – you know what I mean? Surrender Cobra and everything and just – just – wow. It, we had the game. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay, so – my watching experience a little bit different than yours. Um, but I want to go back to one thing that you just said, because I was thinking about this with myself too. Um, not that we're any less of WVU fans now that we graduated, but I think when you're like not on campus and, and you're not around like all, like everybody else, I, I think you're maybe not as emotionally invested. Like I was thinking about that. If we were in school, that would have ruined our night. 
Yeah. Like that would have been pretty goddamn miserable. And to an extent, it still was like I, I still think about it. And we're almost a week later. And I'm like, God damn it. Neil Brown's such a goddamn loser. Um, yeah. But no, dude, when when they when they didn't go for it on, on fourth and one, when is it is, is it Donaldson? Is he number, the new guy? Number 12? Yeah. That dude was getting yardage whenever he wanted all all evening. He averaged like something crazy, like twelve yards. He had seven yeah. carries for 125 yards. Like, I mean, he's he was a tight end that they were putting in the backfield. I mean, the dude was a, a, a goddamn refrigerator out there, man. Nobody could take him down. And when you when you don't go for that as a as a road underdog in the biggest against your biggest rival, I'm just like, ah, oh, dude. And then of course. You know, what's the whose law is it? Is it Newton's law? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong or whatever. Murphy's law. Newton. Murphy's law. (laughs) Um, And sure as shit, it did, dude. (laughs) You know, you get to pick six. Literally, like, the first offensive play after a pitcher scored a touchdown, I think they scored 14 points in 40 seconds. Yeah. To take a seven point lead, I'm just like, oh man, like Neil Brown's not gonna live this down, dude. Like th- this is th- that was really disappointing. Um, on the plus side though, hell of a game. Glad they're playing Pitt again, um, and I'm glad that everybody, like people on the national media, are also like saying that they're like, this is why this game needs to be played. It's one of the biggest rivalries in college football, and I like. I'm saying that because I remember. When I was going to when because I was the new guy at West Virginia for sophomore year, I remember Jesse trying to explain this game to me. And I, I know they didn't play while I was there, but I was not aware of this rivalry because I grew up in Ohio State, Michigan. So for those of you that don't agree with me, like, no, this is a top five college football rivalry. Like, it, and I'm I'm glad it's back. Um, so just you know the plus side there, but kind of big picture. Hell of a week one for college football, man. <laughs> like that was so. I'm so glad football's back. Yeah, and I mean, as a WU fan, I'm happy we have a quarterback. Like I yes. trust JT with everything. Well, so. man, he had those two throws, and I was like, oh, oh man, like like they could have gone. He were lucky that we caught the ball, but those easily could have been disastrous. But I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, our best QB definitely since Greer. Yeah, I know that was only a few years ago, but we've been scraping the bottom of the barrel since, you know, Greer went into the NFL. So, yeah, Deggie was not cutting it, <sighs> man. No, th- th- you know what? It, and I guess like when I think about it, I kind of get mad because like we looked good. And like if we would have started one and oh, like who know, like, you know, like who knows? Is it, could this team win 10 games? Probably not. You're probably more of like a nine win team, probably more like a seven or eight win team now. Like when I kind of think about the schedule, but do we only have JT for one year? Probably, right? No, I think we have him for two. Yeah, because he's he had one year at Georgia, one year at USC. Yeah, but I think he. So this is his um, third year. But I think he medical redshirted. Right, third year, and then yes, he, so, you get four years. But you don't think that he'll go into the NFL after this? No, I think he's got to play at W for two years. Okay, okay. I mean, right okay. now, there's like, I mean, Bryce Young's the number one. And C.J. Stroud, this is his second year. He'll go pro after this year. He he was a backup. This is his second year starting. He was a second backup. Okay. Do you got Devin O'Leary in North Carolina State. Stetson Bennett might go pro. I mean, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. I would probably wait yeah. if I'm JT. Who knows, man? I obviously like I it. We look good. He looks like he's poised to have like a pretty good season. Um, and hopefully he, you know, if all goes well, he decides he wants to come back for another year because I do think that with this team, because if I'm not mistaken, they they are starting a lot of young guys. Um. You know, maybe they can do some damage next year. You never know. That's the hope. Well, um, so my my Thursday was kind of crazy 
Because, like, that all happened, obviously. Like, that game was Thursday night. Um, earlier that day, you had texted me about some breaking NBA news, um, which I did not expect. I think, you know, if anyone's questioning what we're talking about, Donovan Mitchell uh, traded to the Cavs. It's been a relatively quiet last three or so weeks in the NBA besides the Pat Bev trade, which we got a good laugh out of last, <laughs> to our, our last episode. Um this, Already I, given us some all-time quotes. Yeah, well, so d- did they have? I guess they had like a shooter, like a team shoot around the other day. They had a it, press conference of some sort. It, it looked like it was at their practice facility, and there was that video of like him and Russ like dapping each other up, and I'm like, those those don't look like two buds dapping each other up. Those look like two dudes who still don't really like each other. Um, you know, just p- playing nice in front of the media, but then. In all-time quote, uh, reporter asks Pat Bev how he feels about getting to play with LeBron and Russ and AD, and he says, those three missed the playoffs last year. I made the playoffs. They get to play with me. I mean, not wrong, I guess. But, I mean, let's be real. You're playing with them. Um. We didn't talk about it last week. Do you expect him to make any sort of difference with the Lakers? No. I mean, maybe maybe he can psychologically mess with people enough to give them an extra couple wins, mess some teams up, but not any of the contenders in the West. No. They're not he's not going to do anything to Luka and the Mavs. He's not doing anything to Golden State. He's not doing anything to the Nuggets. He's not, you know what I mean? He's right. not enough to overcome. Timberwolves, Clippers, Grizzlies, Pelicans, bro. Like, I don't, I don't have the Lakers in as a top eight seed as we sit here today. Maybe no. a play-in team, um, but I don't. I AD would have to stay them. healthy the whole year and return to form, which I guess you yeah. could argue he hasn't been. Uh, at his best because he hasn't been healthy, but you're right. We, we, we need that 2020 bubble 80. Mm-hmm. Um, the West is deep, man. The West is really, really deep. So is the East now. Like, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this Donovan Mitchell trade because you come with an unbiased approach. Whereas like myself, I like to think I'm not like, I'd like to think I take the fan out of, uh, um, of myself when I'm talking about this, but I want to know what you think about the whole trade. I mean, I think it's good because for you because it gives you another scoring option. You know, if you're not going to play Sexton, I mean, Darius with Donovan makes a lot more sense. You know what I mean? I do th- worry about your defense because Mobley and Jared Allen cannot guard everybody by themselves. <laughs> and I know Donovan Mitchell, people praised him for his defense, but his defense has been slipping past three or four years. And I wonder if this helps him pick it back up. If he, you know, raises defensive intensity again, um, or how that goes, but we'll see. But I mean, it definitely makes you the five team in the East, I guess. The five team. I'm but, teetering between four and five. I think it depends on how you feel about Miami or Chicago. I think you're above Chicago. Well, yeah, it's close because Demar is still got it. Demar's you know, Demar. Right. He can win them games. <laughs> he won many games for them single handedly last year. Right. So, but on the other hand, can he do that again for a whole season? You know what I mean? So. Can Lonzo stay healthy? I mean, they weren't the same team when Lonzo was out, so. Right. Can Darius stay healthy, though? Same questions. So, the, the reason why I personally really like this trade, aside from, you know, the fact that we, we obviously got better. Um, we ran. Darius into the ground last year because he was the only once. I mean, we lost Colin Sexton. We lost Ricky Rubio. Um, he was the only ball handler on the team. I mean, we, we traded for Levert. 
Um, Levert didn't really get comfortable. Um, he he was hurt as soon as we got him, so that kind of stunted everything. Um, but we literally drove Garland into the ground, and now you you know we've re-signed Rubio. Um, we kept Levert, and now you get Mitchell. Like I think obviously the roster is better where it was last year, and your point on like how is this going to affect our defense? The you're basically replacing Laurie Markkinen with Donovan Mitchell in the starting lineup. Like I know they don't play the same position, obviously, but Laurie played the three. Um, they're gonna slide. I'm assuming the Cavs are gonna slide Isaac Okoro to the three. He makes the most sense. He's the best defender on the team. And then you're putting Mitchell at the two. So like I don't think their defense is gonna suffer that much. Um, but I I think they're probably around that four or five seed. I think you gotta put Boston, Milwaukee, Miami. Those are my three for sure. And then the ones that I'm unsure about are Philly and Brooklyn. Um, but assuming one of them is gonna be that four, you know, that or yeah, that that fourth team, then the the Cavs, the uh, the Bulls, the Raptors, dude, like the, the, East the is, Hawks, the Hawks, the East is so good as well. So like who, who freaking knows? Um, who knows if the Pistons are going to try and make a run this year? You know, I think the Pistons are probably about a year away. Um, but shit, I thought that about the Cavs last year and they, and they made a pretty serious run. So we'll see. I, I think the Pacers could be. Uh, you know, possibly like anywhere in that eight to ten range, like certainly. I mean, I I think we're in the Victor Wembanya spring sweepstakes, but we'll see. Maybe maybe they'll go and scout this matchup he's got with Scooter coming up in October. I am so excited for that. What a great <laughs> idea! I hope neither of them get hurt because this is also kind of like a terrible idea. <laughs> thinking about like what happened with the Chet, um, and everything that's going on and like the uh. The Euro basketball right now, uh, Gallinari going down with that. I think it was a torn ACL. So, like, that yeah. kind of sucks, especially because Boston literally just signed him. So, yeah. um, do you think that Europe, this, is it, it's obviously not FIBA. Um, is this just like a European basketball tournament that's going on? It's the same thing. You know how um, in soccer you'll see UEFA? Yes. Championships, it's okay. U- Ueba, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue, you know. I was I was watching um a little bit of it today. I France played um oh gosh, I don't want to say Lucas team, but I can't, it, Where's Luca from? Yes, they played Lucas team, Slovenia. Slovenia. Uh, I watched a little. I caught a little bit of that game, dude. I I don't know how Mavs fans are doing this. Like your entire franchise is like sacrificing his body out there right now. And like he's banged up. He's got a bum wrist. I know he played fantastic today, but like he this would make Yeah. And, and hit a go, one-handed three in Rudy Gobert's face. Gobert's got to be so sick of this shit, dude. He can't go anywhere without Luka terrorizing him. Um, <laughs> but, like, I I get it. Like, I know that this means a lot to these European players. Like, obviously, that's why they're playing. Um, I just don't know how these fans are doing it, man. I feel like I would be t- – every single day I'm waking up and I'm, I'm shitting my pants. Like, hoping to God that my favorite player – isn't injured at the end of the day. So it just Giannis, just Giannis and Jokic are going at are playing well not the playing each other, but they are playing in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I need to look up like a have there been any elimination games yet? Um are, are they these are just qualifiers, aren't they? Um I don't not exactly qualifiers i think it's like um uh oh yeah it is qualifiers but they're separated into groups right now i mean who who's the favorite here france uh france is third in their group i'm trying to find like a standings or something okay here we go Okay, so Spain is four and one. 
Slovenia's four and one. That checks out. Germany's four and one. France is third in their group. Uh, Greece is four and zero. That makes sense. Uh, Ukraine's three and one. Do we have any NBA players on that team? I don't know. Serbia's four and zero. Ooh. Oh man, our homies across the Atlantic. GB, Great Britain, Ukraine. Ukraine has Alex Len, V. Mikhailu. Those are the only NBA players I'm seeing. Um, Whose names I can pronounce. Bro, Um, this group D. If Serbia loses a game, that's pretty bad. Who's in Serbia's group? Um, I think uh, they've already qualified. Uh, so, so it's Group D. It goes Serbia, Poland, Israel, Finland, Czech Republic, Netherlands. Oh, yeah. Um, so Serbia hasn't qualified yet. They have to get to five games. But, like, so for the main stage, Germany, Greece, um, Spain, Lithuania, Slovenia, Belgium, Turkey and France have all qualified already. Mm, okay. This is interesting. I, I was watching. Uh, or I think I was listening to maybe it was uh, Bill Simmons podcast. I can't remember. Or it was either Bill Simmons or Brian Winhurst podcast. They were saying like these teams that are going to be making these deep runs. Like they may only have one month rest in between when this tournament ends and training camp and preseason begins. I mean, we are only six-ish weeks away from preseason NBA. Yeah. So, like, I man, that's that's tough. Having no offseason is tough. Yeah, because so the actual bracket starts on the 10th. So Saturday? Yeah, yeah, Saturday. And the final is the 18th. So next Sunday. And that puts you right at about one month out. I think like that middle of October, like that week or so before Halloween is when the NBA starts picking up. So they're okay. So here's, it's not qualifying. So they're in the group stage. Okay. And then next is the, the knockout stage starts Saturday. Okay. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm going to try and be watching. Um, I think that if you have like ESPN plus, I think some of these games are on ESPN plus. Yeah. I've seen them pop up on the top. And then I also have, I have the Disney bundle. So like, yeah, they pop up on my Hulu too. Oh, nice. Okay. You know what I mean? They'll say like live. Yeah. You could, you could log into Hulu and, and and get it that way. Oh, um, on Finland, Laurie Markkinen's on Finland. Finland's not a real country. Okay. Um, future uh, jazz legend Laurie Markkinen, um, who I I'm gonna dearly miss, man. I know it's crazy. We only had one year of Laurie. I feel like I had ten seasons of uh of Laurie Markkinen basketball because that's how, how that's how up and down it was. Trying to figure out who's on Croatia's team. Who's Croatia got? We are now just a uh. Until this tournament is over, we're just a FIBA Eurobasket podcast. Oh, well, Ivan Zubak and Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh, Bojan, okay. Do they not have Bogdan also, or is he just not playing? He might not be playing. Well, we might just be over it. Might be. All righty. Well, All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay, so before we kind of get on, so what we're going to be doing with this episode um, at some point, we will be getting caught up with House of the Dragon. We do have two episodes to catch up on. Um, if you're wondering where our She-Hulk review is, I believe we only have one episode. At, at this point in time, it's Wednesday. It's it's September 7th. Another episode drops tomorrow. So we're just going to talk. Hopefully, if all goes well, we'll cover three episodes of She-Hulk next week. So those will be episodes four, five, and six. If no, no episodes three, four, and five, um, we'll be hopefully covering next week as well as well as the next episode of House of the Dragon. But 
before House of the Dragon, Chuck, NFL starts this week. We're going to be talking NFL, I'm sure, pretty religiously from here on out. Um, I'm sure at some point, whether it's next episode or, or at some point, we'll kind of talk about how our fantasy seasons are going. But give me instant reaction, instant whatever. Give me your prediction for your NFC championship and your AFC championship as we sit here on September 7th, 2022. Um, all right. AFC. I've got Bills versus Ravens in the AFC championship. And I think the Bills win. And I think. I think the Bills will be the one seed and the Ravens will be the. Three seed. In the NFC, I've got Rams versus Bucks, and it's going to be Rams again. And then I've got the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, wrong. All of it's wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, AFC for me, I have Ravens as well. Um, I think. Just Lamar not getting his contract this offseason. I think he's going to kind of go out there and be like, all right. Like, so now I got apparently um, he's going to do the Thanos. Like, I got to do this myself. Um, <laughs> I got Ravens and Broncos. AFC champion. <gasps> okay. What? You don't think that's possible? I'm Listen, I'm not saying the Broncos. No, I think the Broncos are good. I just don't know if. They're, they're an unknown. There's a lot of unknowns. So I still got to see Russ play with them. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much to be. Uh, I, I, I think anybody with a brain can kind of see that the Broncos are going to be pretty, pretty good this year. Um, they're also in a tough division. Um, I'm, I'm not as high as a lot of people are on the Chargers. Like, I get it. Um, oh, God, this is embarrassing. What's his name? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. I kept wanting to say Justin Tucker. I'm like, I know it's not Justin Tucker. Justin Herbert. I get Justin Herbert's very good. Um, I don't know why. I'm just not completely sold on the Chargers being um, like a one seed. They'll probably make the playoffs. Kansas City will probably make the playoffs. But I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is I have three teams from that division making the playoffs. Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, yeah. Technically, so all my, four teams can make it. That's true. Um, the math works out that way. That's my AFC. My NFC, I do agree with you. Man, I don't want to say Rams, Bucks, but like, who else am I putting there? Yeah, I think your next, your four, your next three, four best options are the Vikings, mm. the Packers, Ugh. Philly, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. And the Saints. Oh, and that's banking on a lot of ifs. I love that you say the Saints over the Cowboys. I love that. Bro, the Cowboys, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. Like, they're a good team. I know they will win enough games to probably make the playoffs because the NFC is kind of weak this year. So I think they can go 10 and 7, finish second in the division, and make the playoffs as like the five or six seed. And then they'll get put out by a better team. Yeah. Um, I just can't for, you know, I, I, not anymore. I can't, I mean, not that we're really betting anything. I've just, I have no faith in them. Um, and I like Dak Prescott. I like that. I. I think he's a good quarterback. But they just, they, boy. <laughs> I, oh, I, my uh, God. <laughs> I, I don't like their... They're like top three at their skill positions. I I I don't I think Zeke's Zeke and running back years is old. Like Zeke's almost like I don't know if why he they keep using him as a as an every down back. It doesn't make sense. They're running him into the ground. You have you have Pollard, who's very, very good. 
Um, would be a starter on a lot Pollard? of other what, what did I say? Pollard? You said Pollard. Pollard. Crucify me. Um, would be a starter on probably half of the other teams in the NFL. Um, and they, for whatever reason, don't split carries. Don't understand that. Uh, that's I guess that's Mike McCarthy for you. Um, idiot. Uh, C.D. Lamb, you know, is great. But, like, Dak's got to stay healthy, dude. And I like Dak. Um I just, you know, t- time will tell with him in this season. So, okay, one last thing. Give me a dark horse, a team. I'm not saying this is – you're saying that they could make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, but dark horse team that you think has a chance to be good that maybe most people aren't expecting to be good from the AFC and the NFC. I've got the Raiders winning the AFC West. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, so you consider the Raiders a dark horse? Yes. Okay. Because I because I think most people have the Chiefs on top, the Chargers, yeah. and then like a kind of pick them between the Broncos and the Raiders, which I think there's still a lot of Derek Carr blasphemy kind of hatred for no reason. You know what I mean? Yes. Um. So that's my dark horse. Uh. AFC team. And then I guess the Saints, I already mentioned them, but they're kind of my dark horse NFC team because I like Jameis. I would love to see him be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's who I got as my dark horse NFC team. I think because I think if Jameis stays healthy, he was playing really well last year before he got hurt. So yeah, he, he got he got LASIK, dude. Homie could actually see again. Right, um, no more. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That I mean, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. The, the Saints have enough talent around the quarterback position, I think, to where like even if you're just getting like average Jameis Winston, I think that'd be good enough to win uh, win some games. Um, I have in the AFC the Jaguars. Um, I think it was an incredible addition by subtraction, letting Urban go. Um, and I like Doug Peterson. I think he's a really really good head coach. Uh, you're going to be getting Travis Etienne back. Um, so you, you have a pretty good committee kind of holding down the backfield there, I think, with Robinson and Etienne. Uh, my fantasy team is really, really hoping that Etienne gets the majority of those carries and targets. So we'll see there. Uh, NFC, um, like, come as a shock to you, I have the Carolina Panthers. Because it would be the most Cleveland Browns thing ever if Baker Mayfield f- comes out here and gets the most approved player. I have a $50 bet with my friend Tom that the Panthers won't make the playoffs. He thinks the Panthers are making the playoffs. I I, I think the pan. Well, is it straight up 50 bucks? Like, yeah, I dude, I. I think the Panthers could. Because my, my buddy and I were joking about this the other day. Again, it's going to be the most Cleveland Browns thing ever. Like Christian McCaffrey is going to stay healthy this year. My buddy was so confident in that, that he like he drafted him number two overall in one of our fantasy drafts. And he's like, because the Browns traded away Baker to the Panthers. Now the Panthers are going to be really, really good. So it's just Cleveland Browns fan superstition. But watch it happen, man. Um, I'd probably I'd probably take that bet. I would probably 50 bucks. Yeah, I think I would. So we'll see. I'm sure next week we'll kind of catch up and see how week one of the NFLs go. And it kicks off tomorrow night with a hell of a game, dude. Bills and Rams. Um, super stoked about that. Uh, and then in case anyone's, you know, maybe not familiar, this is the only week that the Thursday night game is going to be on NBC. After this week, two and on goes to Amazon. So renew I your think- prime memberships. I think Thanksgiving night is also mm. Thursday because they're both special presentations of Sunday yes. night football. NBC has like the rights to those, I think. You're uh, um, you're probably right, yeah. I have to look it up, but yeah, that's what I'm pretty sure. Majority of the Thursday night games, all of them besides two, um maybe there's a third one are going to be on Amazon. So, um renew your Prime memberships, make sure you can watch them. Um because it'd kind of be a pain in the ass if you have to scramble to do that last minute tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow night, but the week after and all the weeks to come. Okay, without further ado, um, let's get into House of the Dragon. Let's do it. So we have episodes two and three to kind of get caught up on here. 
Um, we're going to briefly kind of fly through episode two here. Um, and as I'm, I'm actually really struggling to f- remember what happens in episode two. Like I know what happens in episode two, but I'm trying to remember like what order it happens in. Um, we left off episode one with Viserys basically denouncing Damon as his heir, naming Rhaenyra as his heir. And moving into episode two here, there is about a six month time jump. Because I believe one of the first lines we hear is that it's been about six months since the death of the queen and the prince. Yeah. So we know off the bat some time has passed. Um, Rhaenyra and her father clearly are like not really on the same page, like emotionally, like their the relationships kind of um man, I wanna say decayed, uh, but I think that's too much of a pun considering what's going on with Viserys's uh hand. But it's it's decaying. It's withering away. Um, you're starting to see some pieces being put into place here for what's going to happen in the future. Um, yeah. We learn in episode two that the dragon egg that Viserys had actually had set aside uh, to put into the crib of Prince Aegon has been stolen. And Otto Hightower immediately is like, oh, dude, that's Damon. Am I missing something? Um, I don't think so. He didn't say he wasn't going to put him in Prince Aegon. It, it's the the dead kid who hasn't the kid who died. Oh, the you're right. It, it, it wasn't Aegon. Prince Aegon hasn't isn't even fat. He hasn't <laughs> because the other thing that's happening in this episode is people keep trying to marry off the king. That's right. You have Lord Corliss, the um. Yeah, the sea snake trying to get him to marry his 12-year-old daughter. Oof. And then some obvious machinations going on with Otto and his daughter trying to push her on him, kind of. Man, Viserys was really kind of, uh, he seemed stressed this episode. People are trying to marry him off to a 12-year-old. And people, I think at this point, like, you know, I think Allison's only like 14, I think. 15 I at the think- most. I think so. Her and Rhaenyra are about the same age. And episode three takes place when Rhaenyra's seventeen. Right. So I would assume she's fifteen in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Because there's well, I'm gonna say thirteen only because in episode three we're celebrating Prince Aegon's second name day, and considering that Allison was probably pregnant for nine months, we're somewhere in like a two and a half to three year range. Right. Uh, time jump between episodes two and three, but but she's in that she's in that fourteen to fifteen time yes. age range. So so pretty damn young. I mean, like listen, like this that line that that little uh, that that Corliss's daughter gives, like when when she's walking with the king, like through the garden, and she's clearly like reading off of like whatever Corliss told her to say, and then he's like. That's what your father tells you to say. What does your mother what does your mother tell you to say? And she's like, that I wouldn't have to bed you until I'm 14. And I'm like, oh my God. Yikes. Like, yeah, big yikes, dude. Um, Game of Thrones is back. Well, what can we say? Um But you're right. Like, so most of this episode is this internal um struggle that Viserys is having with himself. Like, who the hell is he gonna marry? He's being pressured to remarry. He has to remarry, he's the king. And he has to produce more heirs um, for the sake of his bloodline. Uh, the other half, not really half, but another big part of this was um, Otto Hightower going to Dragonstone to confront Damon um, up on the walls there. One thing I'll say, Dragonstone looks very nice. Looks very, very nice. Um, I know, I, I'm assuming it got it got weathered over, you know, the course of these next 200 years. But Dragonstone at this point looks dope. They have this sort of meeting up on what I can only assume is that same stairwell kind of that John and uh, um, Masande. Oh, my God, dude. What what's John's right hand man's name? Sam. No, no. The one that was not Sir Davos. It's a bad name day for me. I'm assuming it's that same pathway that they walk and see. Yeah. 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 
Damon sort of meets him there. You got like Team Damon over here. You got like Team Otto slash the King over here. One of those people that went with Otto is Sir Christian Cole, because he was actually named into the King's Guard by Renera earlier in the episode. Um, for those of us that know what the book lore has, like, pretty excited about this. Um, they had this sort of standoff. Uh, Damon's got Caraxes behind him, his dragon, uh, intimidating. And then you get the really, really cool shot of uh, Cyrax coming through the clouds. And Rhaenyra shows up. She's not supposed to, but she sort of diffuses the situation. She gets the egg back. She brings it back to her dad. Everybody's happy for the most part. Episode two ends with Viserys calling a small council meeting um, and basically letting everybody know that he has decided to marry um, Allison Hightower. And there is that really, really funny inter that interaction, but stare down between Corliss and Otto, where Otto kind of shoots him this look and is like, sucks to suck, dude. He's marrying my daughter, not yours. And uh, Renera is obviously upset. And so is Corliss. And then right before the episode ends, we see Corliss, where I'm assuming he travels to Dragonstone. And he's sort of talking to Damon about this issue with the crab feeder and is hoping Damon will do something about it. And is kind of teeing it up to him like, yo, if you do this, it's going to make you look good. Your your claim as heir might hold more weight. People are going to follow you. And clearly Damon sold because we pick back up in episode three with exactly that. But they've been fighting for like two and a half or three years. This was not an easy battle. Turns out the mm -hmm. crab feeder and his crabs quite a force to be reckoned with. Um, because what's happening is anytime Damon tries to come down with his dragon and basically like burn them to a crisp, they just retreat in those caves. And I guess those caves must be pretty, pretty deep, um, which checks out if if you're familiar with Dragonstone. Um I'm not they're not really at Dragonstone. No, but... they're on a group of like small islands between Westeros and Essos. I meant to say the Stepstones, yeah. Um that, that's where they're at. So they've been battling for three or so years. Um we see the the opening scene to episode three is Damon coming through. Um his attempts at Killing the crab feeder not working. He's getting shot with arrows. Caraxes is getting shot. He's stepping on people. He's stepping on his own men out there. Um, and not going well. Literally the rest of episode three. The episode three is a giant Damon sandwich. You start with Damon for like the first like eight minutes. Everything in between is the hunt with Viserys on Aegon's second name day. And then we end with Damon. So let's talk about the hunt. Yep. Um, Viserys, King Viserys, last three years have not been kind to him. Homie's aged, like, noticeably, in my opinion. Like, I could tell, like, hairline receded a little bit, gained a little bit of weight. Um, homie's, like, drunk almost this entire episode, so he's clearly, like, you know, not having the greatest time. But it's Aegon's second name day, so they're gathering a party of all the high families, the lords and the ladies, and they're going for a hunt. Rhaenyra kind of has to get dragged along. She's, like, not too thrilled about this. She doesn't want to go. There's clearly, like, I don't know if you'd call it jealousy, but she sees through the bullshit. Like, it's almost like she is seeing what's about to happen. Like, she's obviously going to be replaced as heir. Right. Now, Chuck, we get to this hunt. At any point in this episode, were you worried about anybody getting Robert Baratheon? No, because I was like, there's too many players that I know are going to play a factor later in the show. You know what I mean? And I don't think they'd kill off one of the side characters. Like, I think they're really doing a good job of at least letting everyone kind of build up. So the end of the season, assuming that's where, like, some of the first major kills come. Yeah. Then it's like a real shock. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree. However, like. I was getting a little nervous because, like, I wonder if this is the, was their intention. Like, the king was clearly drinking while they're waiting to get this stag. You know, this this white heart stag that they kept talking, that Otto kept talking about. Um, and I'm like, oh, man, like, is he, is, is he going to get is 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 he going to get fucked up by the stag or like what's going to happen here? 
Um, a couple important pieces to note. Allison is pregnant again. So through Aegon's second name day, she's pregnant. Her and Rhaenyra, not friends, it seems. Like, that friendship is over. Allison's trying, though. You know, she kind of, like, she kind of plays, like, back when they're at the Godswood before they leave for the hunt, she kind of plays, like, I'm your queen. She plays, like, the trump card. And then she's like, it doesn't have to be this way, Rhaenyra. And I'm like, dude, you just... You just pulled out the I'm the queen. Like, of course, it's going to be this way. Um, but while they're at the hunt, you know, there's those other groups. I'm assuming it's like the other highborn women that are kind of like sitting around that table. And uh, she kind of defends Rhaenyra and says, like, Rhaenyra's best suited as heir. Like, she's more fit for the role than Damon is um, because they were kind of talking about, like, you know, Damon's claim um, as heir still. So she's trying to make it work. But also, I don't know if any of that matters when you're sleeping with home, like your, your homie's dad. Like, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Rhaenyra's not having a great time. She decides to dip. Rhaenyra kind of walks outside. This is after a failed attempt uh, by Viserys, by her dad, to get good old Jason Lannister to, uh, to hit on his daughter. Does not go well. Those Lannisters, man. Um, always bragging about I how they're castly rock. Thailand, there's You're twin right. brothers. Jason's the twin. Jason, no, yeah. Thailand. Thailand's the informant. Thailand's in his council. Jason is the. Uh, they're played by the same dude, but Jason is the one I believe that was hitting on her. Yeah, I could be mistaken. Um. I would just assume if you're going to make one of the characters douchey, you're going to name him Jason and not. Yeah, Jason. Yes, Jason is the one that tries to woo her. Thailand is on his council. Yeah. Um, dude, I was struggling that entire episode to find out where I knew that guy from. Did he look familiar to you? Who? The guy who plays Thailand and Jason. Did that no. actor look familiar to you? Okay. Did I, he look? Yeah, I was, it was bothering me, dude. And um, did you ever see the Halloween reboot in 2019? I did not. Okay, he was in there with uh with Jamie Lee Curtis and that's where I that's where I figured he was from. You know what's funny? I just saw this movie Fall. Um I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. It's about these two girls that go climbing this super tall broadcast oh, tower yeah. and then get stuck on top. And one of the girls in that was also apparently in the Halloween reboot. Oh. Everyone's just coming from the Halloween reboot these days, man. I guess. Um they're kind of like Pittsburgh Pirates and everything else is like the Yankees. There's kind of like another like farming system. So uh, Rhaenyra takes off from the hunt. Um, Sir Kristen Cole has to follow her. He kind of like takes off. We got like a, a nice little horse chase kind of like brewing. And it was almost as if like somebody like when, when they were like planning out the season was I couldn't help but think that somebody was like, hey, at some point we need a high speed horse chase. Where can we fit it in? And they're like, I know the spot. Rhaenyra gets upset at the hunt and just books it. And Sir Christian Cole's got to go after him or go after her. So they take off. Um, They're like deep in the woods at this point, which one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you thought about this, but my. Well, I think it was my cousin actually brought this up to me. Um, We see a difference in terrain that surrounds King's Landing in this episode. When in season eight of Game of Thrones, it's like desert. And in this show, wooded area. So does that mean that climate change is real in Game of Thrones? Um, well, I think they're also at the area right outside King's Landing in that scene. In They're like in, at the gates. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas this is like King's Landing's off in the distance. You okay. know what I mean? So you're saying they traveled far enough. Out. I mean, not that it really matters, but I saw some people kind of like. Uh, notice that as well. But yeah. Renera and Kristen Cole, they're deep in the woods. Um, Kristen Cole's like, yo, princess, we probably should head back. And she's like, nah, I want to stay out here. Like, I don't want to go back there. So they end up basically like staying the night in the woods. They make a fire. Uh, while they're out there, um, they get they get ran up on by a boar. So my fear of somebody getting Bobby Bead, uh, Almost came to fruition. I was like, oh, no, Kristen Cole, but homie prevails. Um, Renera takes out some frustration on that boar. She kind of goes full. Um, oh, God. 
like Jason Voorhees on this thing, stabs it multiple times. Um, my only complaint about this episode and really like so far this season was that CGI blood was kind of bad. Like that looked yeah. like somebody was using like paint and using the airbrush tool and just like doing that. It, it didn't it didn't look good. Um, it, it the one kinda, on Rhaenyra's face. Yeah. When she was stabbing the boar. Oh, did you I notice think it? it? Was- I thought it was just practical. I thought they just had it literally like a button. It was just Ooh, go back and watch that a hundred percent CGI. It didn't, didn't look great. Um, but I digress. I didn't notice anything. <laughs> Rhaenyra and, uh, Kristen Cole, they, uh, they spend the night there after they kill the boar. Um, I believe it's the next morning. The people who are out there tracking this white heart stag for King Viserys, um, they kind of let him know that this stag is ready. And Viserys goes out there. Um, Jason Lannister graciously hands him this like handcrafted spear for the kill, my king. And turns out they didn't get this white hard stag, which this was kind of teed up. Like uh, Otto Hightower was like, I it basically said like, you know, when they got, saw the spotting of this white heart stag, like he's like, I'm not much for like signs from the gods, but like if the gods ever wanted to show their favor, like this is it. Like the white heart stag, it was supposed to be the symbol of royalty in Westeros before the dragons got there. So this was kind of a big deal. And obviously Otto is like trying to persuade this, you know, the king you know, he's trying to kind of set everything up to where his grandson, Prince Aegon, is going to be named heir. Well, they don't get the White Heart stag. They just get this poor old son of a bitch, this other stag who apparently has to die for no good reason. I mean, this isn't really hunting. Like, I guess, like, the richer you are, the less and less you're actually hunting. But, like, this is pretty cheap, man. Like, this poor stag's getting held down. He just kind of gets speared in the chest. Um, Viserys is drunk for the most of the other th- uh, most of it. Um, but where does that white stag or that white heart stag go? You might ask that white hearted stag finds Rhaenyra and Sir Kristen Cole when they're kind of sitting up on the, uh, the hillside overlooking the woods. Um, and obviously this is supposed to be some sort of symbolism here. Um, this white hearted stag found Rhaenyra did not find, um, Viserys for, you know, the hunt in the name of Prince Aegon. So, um, and I, I, I guess we're really just teeing ourselves up for these next few, these next few episodes. Rhaenyra heads back, um, back into town uh, or back in, 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 into the the campsite where the hunt is. Still covered in blood, might I add. Um, everybody's kind of kind of giving her weird looks, but she returns. We are then back with Damon. Um, and we're back with Damon. We're back with uh, Corlys Valerion. And we also meet his son, whose name is Escapes Me. Um, Laner, I think. Laner, who... It who becomes going, important later. Yes, he becomes very important. Um, but this is our first time seeing this this adult version of him. Um, and they're sort of uh, strategizing for how they're going to, you know, still fight this fight with the Crab Feeder. Now, at this point, King Viserys has already ordered about, like, 2,000 men, I think about, like, 20 or so ships... To go aid in the effort. Um, while Damon and Corliss are strategizing um, outside, like across the Stepstones, somebody from King's Landing, the one who Viserys sent, delivers this message. And Damon does not receive it well, kind of beats up on this poor kid. Um, he's obviously like pissed. He does not want his brother to help with this. Like he I'm assuming he's. He's clearly doing this for some sort of recognition and feels that he won't get that if these people, if he allows this help that Viserys has sent to help him. So what does he do? He commits a war crime. Homie goes there. He paddles by himself, paddles across to the the shore where the crab feeder is, waves a white flag, you know, hands over his sword. And then proceeds to pull out a dagger, stab that poor son of a bitch in the neck who took his sword, and then, like, cut down another, like, 30 people. 
which was really badass. This, this was really cool to see. Um, you know, if you didn't know it already, Damon, very, very good swordsman. Um, while he's doing this, you know, the crab feeder is kind of peeking out from his cave. He's sending more and more people. Eventually, enough people are out there to where uh, Corliss and some foot soldiers sort of get involved. And then um, you said his name was, is it, it was Lanor? That's the way I'm pronouncing it. Okay, so Lanor, Corliss's son, is on the dragon. This is a new dragon. This is not a dragon we've seen yet. Um, so he's a dragon rider, which makes sense because his mom's a Targaryen. Um, and he basically sets fire to the crab people. Well, the crab feeder's people. Um, crab feeder retreats back into his cave. Damon um, sprints after him. Very reminiscent of Battle of the Bastards. I kind of caught that parallel when Ramsey kind of goes back into Winterfell. And John and Tormund and 1-1 uh, and are chasing after him. Um, but we don't see the death of the crab feeder. We just see Damon walking out of the cave with dragon half a body by the arm and homie just drags him to the water and was like, all right, it's over. We win. So end of episode three, what have you, where are you sitting at now as a non non-invested watcher with this show um they're doing a lot of build up which i think i guess is the smart way to go because at this point you figure people are either in on this universe or they're not and they're going to become invested as the story goes on um i kind of like seeing the what the how the kingdom functions it is very, very similar in fact, you know, that whole first season pretty much takes place in, quote unquote, a time of peace. And then the end of that first season is the breakout of a civil war. And this is a similar structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's building up to that. You know, I like the performances. Everything looks good for the most part to me. You know, nothing's out of place. So, yeah, it's 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 fine. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I know you Game of Thrones lovers are loving it. That's great. You know, when this show debuted, I thought, oh, this is going to be one of the most controversial shows of of the fall. And then Twitter happened. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> boy, did I thought. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy because. You know, I know we're only three episodes in, and I'm by no means crowning this show as a, you know, a great show already because you can't really tell yet. It seems to be trending in that direction. Um, I thought I was I was nervous that this show was not going to be as good as it has been so far, and it was gonna not have enough. Uh, talk generated about it on the socials on the twitter on the instagram on tiktok now you know um and that rings of power was going to come in and people were going to jump the ship and go over there and rings of power seems to be the more divisive show right now um not just for, with for, everything for, that's for all the I've, wrong reasons <laughs> i've heard I, I i know that there's you know there's a lot of shitty reasons out there as why people are giving that show bad reviews um, I've also heard complaints about the writing. I haven't watched any episodes yet. I, my roommate has, he likes it. Um, so at some point I will watch it and kind of formulate my own opinion on it, but there's a lot more divisive talk again, a lot of it for the wrong reason about that show right now than with house of the dragon. There was a whole blow up over last the, I mean, we haven't talked, we're not going to talk about it this week, but the last episode of She-Hulk for the dumbest reason I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, that, are you kidding really me? That's really <laughs> stupid. And, and, and well, trust me, we will talk about that next week. Um, well, yeah. But j just to wrap up the house of the dragon talk, like, by the way, I have watched rings of power. I am also, I enjoyed it, but like okay, I said, cool. there's a lot of stuff to go. Okay. So I need to, I need to rewatch the last two of the trilogy before i've rewatched fellowship recently i need to rewatch the last two of the trilogy and then i'm gonna get into rings of power um i mean it's, it's, I, I will let you know 
the rings of power is set like thousands of years yeah. before yeah. I, that those so movies. are you saying i probably don't need to you don't necessarily need to no okay and the only the only characters in this show that are in the uh, uh movies so far um obviously sauron will be in it at some point you know what i mean mm-hmm. and there's another character that just showed up at the end of the first episode that I think my, I mean, I, they haven't revealed who it's going to be, but I have an idea of who it's going to be. And then, um, our Elrond, aka Hugo Weaving, which was, yeah. you just watched him, and Galadriel, aka Kate Blanchett in Lord of the Rings. Got it. Okay. But they're obviously younger versions, so they cast different actors. So right. you don't, you know, but, and, you know, like, I, I, I've seen some people try to compare the two shows. Again, I haven't watched Rings of Power, but I know that to be a more traditional fantasy epic adventure style show. Whereas House of the Dragon is it's politics. It's yeah, it, and it's set in a fantasy world, but it's it's a political show at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's also kind of you know I would argue that um. Lord of the Rings comes from an optimistic standpoint, you know, point of view, yeah, whereas cool. Game of Thrones comes from a more cynical point of view. Yeah. In general, I would I would argue. So I think that's some, valid. Some people, I guess that's also I don't know. If, if that's a breaking point for some people, <laughs> if it's too like happy go lucky, they just apparently don't like it, which I don't get because I kind of thought it was refreshing to be like. Oh, look, there's a night, you know, there's people having fun. Also, not everybody's a royal. So, you know what I mean? I don't, you know, have versus to House of the Dragon, that. where every single character you introduced is kind of a shitty person, <laughs> like, is, is rich and just, yeah. you know what I mean? Using their power to put down somebody else. You know what I exactly. mean? Whereas Lord of the Rings is like, yeah, listen, I don't have much. I live in a dirt hole, but I'm kind of happy with my life, <laughs> actually. You know, it, I never thought about it that way. You're you're 100 <laughs> right. They're, they're two completely different shows. Um, so I I do think that you know the the conversation or the the fact that people are comparing the two is it's such a stupid comparison. Um, yeah. It's it's so so stupid. So if you're one of those people, stop it. You're allowed to enjoy both things if you want to enjoy both things. Like you don't have to love one and hate the other. So, but. All right. Well, we got caught up on House of the Dragon. Um, Chuck, anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap this up? Um, I think that's it. Um, just follow us on the socials, you know, at Mind Popcorn on Twitter, at Mind Your Popcorn on TikTok. Yep. Um, that lawsuit's still ongoing, by the way. We're still fighting to get to get the your in between Mind and Popcorn and the Twitter handle. Um. How's the TikTok world going? I I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's been blowing up recently with this Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles. Oh, what is it? Don't worry, darling drama. We haven't even talked about it. Oh, it's so good, dude. Like, so obviously you you've seen what's been going on. Yes. So I understand about the Shia LaBeouf stuff. That was the first that was the first major bomb, I think, to drop. Well, Shia LaBeouf released the text. Or yeah. he had somebody do he it. He sent the video. He yeah. sent the video, I think. Or, it, you know, indirectly, but obviously he sent it. Which, let's keep in mind, in context here, Shia LaBeouf, kind of a not great person right now, is kind of fighting some demons, kind of a bit of an abuser. Let's yeah, I mean, and it sucks because he went through that, and then he came out of it, you know what I mean, and was doing okay, and then he went right back into it, which sucks. Yeah. It, but him leaking those texts, I mean, God, this movie has gotten shit reviews so far. <laughs> like, you know, it just premiered. I think it's sitting like a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. But this movie is going to make a lot of money because of all the drama around it. And obviously because it's got Harry Styles and every single Harry Styles fan in the world is going to go see this movie because apparently him and Florence Pugh get it on. That's part of the reason why I'm probably going to go see it. Um, Like, I'm, might- I'll be honest here. I don't want to go see it out of protest at this point, but of that, <laughs> that notion. 
we are probably not going to be reviewing this movie. I'm almost certain we're not going to be reviewing this movie. <laughs> but here's what I ask. If you are going to go see Don't see, Don't Worry Darling for that, go see The Whale also. No, That's your I, penance. Yes, I want to go see The Whale, but that doesn't come out until like December, I think. Yeah, it comes out in December. So I am really looking forward to that movie. Sadie Sink, Brent Frazier. Like, just, we will be reviewing that. Yeah, let's just keep that in mind while we're doing this, you know? <laughs> Because the whale seems to be more deserving of the attention right now, but it is unfortunate that this whole thing with Don't Worry Darling or Don't Worry Darling has been going on. Um, I mean, the Chris Pine memes have been just on fire. Gotta love Chris Pine, man. Like, do you are you are you are you the on the believing side that uh, Harry Styles spit on him? I don't believe he spit on him. Okay. I don't know what that was all about then, because it, I, it, I watched that clip a thousand times. I don't know what else could have happened to make Chris Pine look down and then to make that face and then to well, laugh. Well, he at he lifts up his sunglasses, and my only think thinking was it was at that you know, you know I don't know what they're they're you know he's jet lagged because he's right. I assume lives in California. They're in Venice. You know what I mean? He's like, where'd my sunglasses go? He looks down. They're sitting there. You know what I mean? I, I saw that explanation, and then I rewatched the clip. I mean, homie literally puts his sunglasses down in between his legs on the chair, and then a second later looks down and is like, oh, there's my sunglasses. So, like, you're right. He probably just subconsciously put his sunglasses down there, didn't realize what he was doing, and was like, oh, wait, where are my glasses, and then probably saw that. So I like to think that Harry Styles spit on him. I mean, I'm trying to drum up a lot of this drama. I, I, I want – I, I feed off of this kind of stuff. So um, and I'll, if this if this is the start of Harry Styles' villain arc, I'm all here for it. Cast him and Olivia, movie. Him, Olivia Wilde as a uh, as a tag team. Oh, apparently they're broken heels. up now, Chuck. Apparently they're broken up. You haven't seen this? Did on him with Nick Kroll? Oh, I, I saw something he, about Nick Kroll. Well, Harry kissed Nick Kroll on the red carpet. Oh, uh, okay. So, listen, there's a lot that's going on there. We could do an entire episode about that red carpet, but we're not going so, to do So, wait, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles broke up? Allegedly. Um, there was somebody who reported it. Somebody who went to the premiere wh- that wrote a review on the movie, you know, like a critic review, threw that into the end of a review. It was like, oh, no, by the way, they broke up. And it was like, what? Because I, I guess, like, when they were doing the – obviously, they did press together that entire day. and they were not seen interacting like you would expect even acquaintances to be interacting. They looked like they were avoiding each other. So who knows, man, it's crazy out there, but okay. Yeah, we will be back. Um, hopefully next week, um, we will get caught up on she Hulk. We will talk about this next episode of house of the dragon. Um, as well as I'm sure we'll kind of talk about the first week of the NFL and how that shapes up, as well as if there's any other NBA news to get caught up on. Um, like Chuck mentioned just a few minutes ago, feel free to follow us on the socials, um, on Twitter at MindPopcorn, on in, uh, I was at Instagram, on TikTok at MindYourPopcorn. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, um, feel free to leave us a review. Um, you can do that now on Spotify in case you didn't know. Um, but that wraps up this episode. We will be back next week. And until then, hope everybody has a great day.